0: So for today's episode, I have Frank Fohrenbach, who we literally got connected on a Wednesday and I made this podcast happen on a Friday in short order because I was really, really intrigued as to his movement and what he's trying to accomplish. Frank is the owner of First City CrossFit in Monterey, California, but most recently he is the organizer of the CF Affiliate Collective and that CF stands for CrossFit, but really it stands for community first. And what he's trying to do is really interesting. I covered the whole CrossFit price race thing in, in, you know, at length when that happened a few months ago. Frank and a group of CrossFit affiliate owners since then have organized in an attempt to buy CrossFit from private equity they are disenchanted with uh the things that are being done over there they're not happy with the way things are being ran they have thoughts and opinions and i thought it was incredibly intriguing and interesting and i'm always down for a conversation i'm an industry guy this is industry stuff i i'm yeah you got a you know a crazy audacious goal like buy crossfit from private equity sure i'll I, i'd love to hear how this is going to go so i had frank on the podcast um i'd love for your guys feedback on this I'm good with anybody who's got a mission and a vision, especially when a lot of people tell me it's fucking, it's not going to happen. Stop doing it. I uh, I think they've got quite the uphill battle for themselves, but I still enjoy the conversation with Frank. I hope you guys too. Here we go. Frank Follenbrock of the Community First Affiliate Collective.
1: I can hear you. Bingo.
0: Now I got gotcha. you. Awesome. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Sorry, my lighting's not great. I'm huddled in my bathroom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no worries. No worries. All righty, bud. So we – let's go ahead and – yeah, let's just go ahead and and get into this. I got so much I want to do. Blah, blah, blah. What is up, guys? It is Stu. It's another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Blah, 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 blah. I've got – and Frank, how do I pronounce your last name? I don't want to fuck this up. Frank Forenbach? Yep, you nailed it. Nailed it. Got I'm fucking good. All right. Frank Formbach, I um, I get a DM and it's got a video. What are your videos that you made? And uh, check this out. And I, I just do a quick little thing, research, shoot you a DM. And I, I'm, I you, know, you and me got a chance to talk on the phone and I was just, I'm just intrigued and curious, right? I'm an industry guy. I don't give a fuck if it's CrossFit or rock climbing or yoga or whatever. I'm intrigued. So you have intrigued me. What is it you are doing? so maybe to provide a little context um crossfit uh, about
1: four years ago three and a half four years ago was um sold by the original owner and founder and bought by private equity um it was during covid um there's probably some context there but largely um and, and there was probably affiliate owners probably had some issues with the original founders some of their some of his decisions but largely his decisions were principled and made in the best interest of affiliates. And since private equity took over, there's been some, um, I guess, I guess best case scenario, you could say lack of progress. Um, but worst case scenarios, some, some decisions that were made that have been harmful to the brand and that a lot of affiliate owners have an issue with,
0: um, Let's some. Let's unpack maybe- that real quick. Let's uh, real quick. Will you unpack uh, lack of progress when, um, for everyone was saying, when did private equity purchase the company? Uh, I don't remember the exact date. It was about three and a half to four years ago, I believe. Okay. So when you say lack of progress, break that down for me. Well,
1: I think CrossFit has over the years had um, issues with a reputation of being, um, of causing injuries and um, also that it's unapproachable that people feel like they need to get in shape before they can come into a CrossFit gym. I hear that you a lot. Do you think that's
0: universal time.
1: globally? Um, I don't know. I know I hear that a lot. Uh, When I go outside of my uh, CrossFit social community and I go into the larger public, um, if I go to a party and I tell someone I own a CrossFit gym, it's almost inevitable that they're going to tell me, oh, I can't come work out with you. I don't want to get hurt or I can't come work out with you. I need to get in shape first.
0: Would you say that's exclusive to CrossFit? I mean, if I'm just to play devil's advocate, if I... uh... I, I just because I, I felt this last year I told people I was running a marathon they're like dude that's fucking crazy I hear runners get injured and you're gonna get hurt and it's real hard I can never run a marathon so is this a is do you believe that in the United States specifically I can only speak to one in three is fat as fuck and does not participate willingly in fitness
1: um I think I think yeah I think people will find an excuse if they don't ultimately want to work out right um but I think. I think what's great about CrossFit is the community, and I think the community will kind of keep people coming. Um, and it's getting them in the door. And if we're, we're kind of, I don't know, we I think we at least need to be making the argument that that's not an excuse, right? And I think sure. I try to do that I guess- in my gym in a lot of ways. Like we have childcare during our nine thirty. Um, you know, maybe I maybe it's not a good decision, but I let people bring their dogs. Like no excuses, right? Is kind of the philosophy I have. So, um, I mean,
0: I, so I found CrossFit, I started doing CrossFit in 06. I opened up my affiliate in 2010 and I constantly, you know, injury right? you know, like I'm going to get injured doing that. I, I, and after a while, I really realized this isn't, when I became more of an industry guy than a CrossFit guy, um, I realized that's, I mean, I've, I've clients that own Pilates studios. You ever use a reformer? I haven't. I, I a reformer can't. will fuck your world up if you are haphazardly using it. It'll fuck you up. I mean, injury fuck you up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so is this it? Is this thing? Because I I hear I get clients that are just like, yeah, man, everyone thinks CrossFit. I'm like, well, I, I think you hear it because you're in a silo with CrossFit. But I think this is a fitness thing. I think there are people that, like you said earlier, are going to always find an excuse, and fear is a great one. Fear of loss, injury fear of whatever it may be Um, how again because I believe I agree I think CrossFit has a a global stigma for something like that for injury whatever I do believe it's elsewhere in the industry I've always thought to myself like what can the PE money and ownership do about that
1: well I think you know Under Greg, there was a media team that put out lots of content and you could argue that some of the content was less helpful to affiliates and more and some was more, um, you know, and honestly, Greg, the original founder, you know, he's the one who uh, let go of the media team. But I think, you know, affiliates, that's a decision that affiliates disagreed with. And particularly in retrospect, um, I think, you know, CrossFit should be actively fighting that. They should be creating content that counters that message. In fact, there's a, a, we just shared, I don't think we, I don't know if we shared it um, as a post, I think it was a story, but someone else had shared, you know, here's the injury rate for CrossFit. Here's the injury rate for runners. Here's the injury rate for, um, you know, high school football. Here's the injury rate for, you know, and just listed a bunch of Zumba. Zumba was actually the highest injury, right? And and so, you know, I, I don't think it's hard to ca- counter that narrative. I think the data is out there. I mean, how CrossFit could run its own study, I suppose that would maybe um, create some questions about, you know, is this bias? But you know, take some industry standard, you know, get 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 a third party to do this study and and publish the data. I mean, I think there's a reason I believe CrossFit you know, causes less injuries is that you're, you have the supervision of a coach. And especially if you have um, great coaches, you know, even I think CrossFit coaches are by and far the best out of uh, the industry. But I think um, even in CrossFit, there's probably some better coaches and some not so good coaches. And um, under a great coach, I think, who's going to make sure that you're using proper form, um, using proper weight, using proper scaling, um, injury rates go way down. Um, if you are doing this by yourself, um, or you're trying to lift free weights by yourself with no instruction uh, and and no knowledge of how to do it properly, you know the injury rate could go up. And and so, um, again, I think that that is a message that CrossFit can and should and could easily do with the budget they have, um, be counteracting that narrative with media.
0: So I'm on the CrossFit you know, the YouTube channel and like the the first video, the the preview video for the channel is the CrossFit is for anybody. And I mean I've I've done content on this. If you go through it, I mean, you know, rough numbers. I there's I there's millions of dollars in cost in these videos here. And a lot of them are great. You're right. The, there's the games ones. And we I think you may both agree cross it's bipolar in the branding of the games and what the the, the license model and the methodology is. It's that that's very confusing for the public because it's named the same thing. I believe personally the game should be branded completely separately, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, when you go through the YouTube channel, and I've been told I have had Andrew Charlesworth on. I've talked to I Jason Fernandez, CrossFit seminar staff people, Best Hour of the Day people. Like they all all these videos are apparently available for repurposing on affiliates. Own social medias and websites inside of I, there's a cloud I guess that affiliate owners have access to. Why don't we see more utilization of probably the five to ten million dollars worth of content that's on YouTube?
1: Yeah, so there's an affiliate uh, toolkit I believe it's called, and it's a portal that you can go onto um, and and download some videos uh, to then reshare on your on your social media. Um, that directly came out of conversations that or feedback from affiliate owners to headquarters. Um, yep. Because when they originally posted this stuff, they posted it in a way that affiliate owners couldn't share it to their social media. You know, part of the problem with CrossFit is they yell in a little echo chamber, right? And, and you know, the problem is not with the existing community. The, the existing community is already doing CrossFit. This message needs to get out to people outside the community. So how do we do that? And, and again, that's feedback that I and other affiliate owners are giving to headquarters, um, which I think you know, ultimately speaks to the larger mission that I'm focused on, which is why do we have someone um, who's not an affiliate owner, um, who's really only concerned about profits, um, running the, you know, effectively directing the company, and, and I'm not talking about Don. I'm talking about the board of directors. That's basically private equity. And and when you talk about um, what the board of director meeting looks like in terms of Don's reporting to and then Don's direction from, um, you know, those those questions at the board meeting are largely around how are we doing on cutting costs and how are we doing on increasing profits. And so when you talk about creating content and it's millions of dollars, well, CrossFit has annual re- revenue of a hundred million dollars so you know why aren't we seeing more content why aren't we seeing this content available on the toolkit i think there's 11 videos when i last had access to the toolkit there were 11 videos on there um you know when those when those 11 videos came out they were i was originally told the way to get them was to download a plugin and or screen capture them so that i could then share them eventually they figured you know they, they listened to affiliate owners again shouting their heads off about you know these videos should be available for download and they actually eventually you know like a year later i think it was made them available for download and uh you know honestly they have come some great videos in the last um month and a half or so um, and i don't think it was a coincidence that they uh, released these videos immediately after announcing a fee increase so they increased the fees and then they um, released a couple of videos to i think quell the anger over the fee increase. So that's my feeling.
0: Which is, you know, and I was, are you able to see my screen? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So like, you know, mm-hmm. I even like, I, cause you know, I was covering the topic when the fee increase happened and I heard that, I heard that issue. And just from the, the world of, you know, content creation and, and editing and videos and all that, I was like, Oh, well, let me just, let me, let me make this quick videos and show these guys how to rip this video and, and, you know, go ahead and, and cut this, cut this, you know, use it on their own stuff. And I got some good feedback. I got a lot of buddies that are, you know, guys and girls that are still in clients that are still cross and affiliates like, Oh fuck. I didn't, I didn't know I could do that. It should be way more seamless to be able to download it from a central reserve or cloud or something. I agree. But I think at this point though, I'm almost positive any video for CrossFit that we that you view anybody, you don't need to have YouTube premium, YouTube red or whatever the fuck that is. Like I think all of them are. So just I wanted to make sure any affiliate owner listening to this is like, you have access to about, I would guess, and again, I'd love a savan or someone to tell me, but like, we're talking like millions and millions of dollars of professionally shot and incredible like storytelling. Like my favorite, that black lady, it's like now she's 90 years old deadlifting the bar. Holy fuck. Like it just so, I mean- Available in the toolkit,
1: right? And so why are all these not available in the toolkit? And maybe maybe I'm splitting hairs, but you know, again, like I think there should be, you know, I you know, I think there should be millions of those videos. I, think I agree. think they should walk to the gym and record, I, you know, just set up a camera and pull over athletes and say, you know, tell me how CrossFit's changed your life. And then edit that and there should be a video every week. Even
0: better not, than that. You know what? Instead of, no offense, I'm glad, I mean, with, I love Fern and Ackerman, but like when those guys travel and do the affiliate like um, seminars, the business seminars that they've been doing and putting on for free and Andrew Charlesworth and everyone goes speak. Fucking take 10 minutes and do a webinar showing motherfuckers how to just chop, download a video from YouTube and upload it because there is a naivete with content creation. And I think it's not as easy as like, oh, well, it's there. I mean, most gym owners are like, how do I take a 16 by nine, which is a horizontal video and cut it into a nine by 16, which is a vertical video for most popular versions of Instagram and social media right now. So I think there's some definitely some huge opportunities with like low hanging fruit to educate the affiliates. Um, I want to, you we're had a really good video. Fun, right? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Why, 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 make, why
1: make gym owners be experts on, you know, or, or, you know, experts on content downloading and management, right? Like well, just put it in the toolkit, make it sure. easy for them. We're busy gym owners. We're not marketing. You know, the whole point, we, the reason we pay for a brand is for the brand to do at least some of the marketing for us,
0: right? Whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Cut time out. Whoa, whoa Frank, I like you, but I'm going to cut you off there. You pay for a license. You only pay to use one term, C, capital C, R-O-S-S, capital F-I-T. You only sure. pay to use the term. You get nothing else in a license model. That was the agreement on day one. The day he made it, it's been the agreement to today. So the idea that you think you should get anything else is that now you're venturing into franchising, which I know none of you guys want. Well, I think, I think the distinction
1: for me between a franchise and affiliate is that a franchise, um, you know, has very strict requirements and an affiliate, we don't have those requirements, but that doesn't mean the brand doesn't have an obligation to promote the brand positively. And so, you know, arguably, you know, if cross, I mean, you know, if, if, if you want to suggest that I would say, well, then CrossFit should be putting it out there doing TV commercials, right? The brand should be driving people into my gym. If I'm paying to associate it with my name right now, I would argue that the brand is keeping some demographic out of my gym and they're not addressing that. Right. And so, I mean, you're telling me I have to download a video and post it to my social media, right? Like you don't have to, you can, if you want sure. to, you can. Right. Right, but but but, but, but you're saying I have to put some effort forward, right? As well, a gym fuck yes, you do,
0: it's a business, sure. No, and I, also, I, real, yeah, real quick, like just so I want all these affiliates to understand, guys, I listen, I, I love you, I, I was one of you, I, I've been there for a long time. Um, I, I we have disagreements on things, but when you were talking about the what your different, what you think the difference is between the two, you don't get to decide. The Federal Trade Commission regulates franchises versus license and they have incredibly strict rules. Anybody can go to the FTC website and download what are the parameters of a franchise and what can a franchise do versus like if you look at a license model, what is it light? What are you not allowed to do? And what is that? What's that very it is kind of gray line as far as what we can require people to do and this is where I think my frustration at times happens in which this brand is globally, would you agree, the largest fitness brand globally?
1: Um, in terms of a methodology, yeah, yeah, I would say so.
0: a methodology, um, there, I can't think. You know, I mean, you, whatever, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that answer. Okay, so that's the largest. The amount of money, like, what would we say is second behind there? Like, in in any kind of like. Athletic endeavor fit. I mean, like Nike is a huge brand, right? Nike's bigger than CrossFit, but what put Nike up there? The amount of money you would have to pay to to have a huge global brand and you get to put it on your building and you get to say, "I'm this," that's yeah. kind of like where you know, for 4,500 bucks, I'm like, I think that's a pretty damn good deal if you like what it stands for.
1: Bingo. Right? So well, the argument is, do I like what it stands for? Not even do I like what it stands for? Cause I love the methodology. I love the community, right? But do people stay out of my gym because of it, right? And so, and, and, you know, again, like you can argue about whether they, they do have to create video or not, but fact of the matter is like each business owner is gonna make a decision about, do I see value in this money spending? And can I take this $300 and create video content um, if that's all, I feel like I'm getting, or I'm getting a name, but I don't know if that name is keeping more people out of my gym than it's bringing in. Hundred
0: um, percent. So, great. And this is where I'm real interested in your take on this. CrossFit, the five. I'll cut. CrossFit ter, coins a term. CrossFit. It gives a the first usable, rational, beautiful definition to the word fitness. So they provided two ops operational definitions, CrossFit and fitness, and then they share with the world for free, how they're expressing that fitness, knowing that the broad, the definition of their fitness, constantly varied functional movements, high intensity is as broad as you can get. There's gonna be a thousand ways to interpret this. And I always talk to people about this, like with pizza, if you could look at the definition of pizza, right? Circular dough, sauce, cheese. Now, there's a lot of different ways to create a pizza with that in extra ingredients. So, do we blame CrossFit for what the public's perception of it is, or do we as affiliate owners have to take acceptance that 13,000 up to 16,000 of us were actually pushing out what it is in the community? The reason my mom in Cleveland, Ohio, might not, you know, might be scared of CrossFit is because her girlfriend got injured at a gym in Columbus Ohio and that's what she heard so it is the the affiliates have to bear some responsibility that we took a general definition constantly varied functional mood, high intensity and we created our own expression how we interpret it and you do that sixteen thousand times over twenty plus years and that my friend is how a brand is created CrossFit's not in charge of a brand the originator and creator of a brand is not in charge of it. A brand is just a person's gut feeling about a person, company, or organization. The brand can only influence it. So the only way they could influence it, if they're going to have 16,000 stewards or 13,000, is by saying, well, we got to come through and do checks. We got to do quality checks because if you're doing fucking fucked up CrossFit and you're doing it perfectly, I I want perfectly done CrossFit and not you. But now we're no longer in a licensed model and that free market that Greg loves so much and that you and me, I think both love, the ability to for affiliates to run their business their way, that would have been gone. So it's a catch 22. Right. So so I think there's two
1: components there, right? One is the public perception and then there, one is the experience in the gym. And I think both of those are valid, right? Um, I think, you know, again, CrossFit, the brand stands for something in the public and part of how they, like you, I think had alluded to, um, they are responsible for, um, stewarding that brand. Right. So, um, so how do they do that? Right. Through media, through marketing, through getting the message out there. Right. And, and again, it comes down to like, they don't have to do that. Right. They own a word and I can choose to use that word or not. But if that word doesn't in the public stand for something positive and draw people into my gym, make people want to do CrossFit. If it it makes people not want to do CrossFit, I, as a gym owner, as a business owner, I'm going to make a business decision and say, I don't want to be associated with this brand anymore. Um, in terms of like the, the, the experience in the gym and the experience people have, absolutely, right? And in fact, um, that is a, a, an issue. I would argue again that the CrossFit injury rates reflect that CrossFit coaches at large are um, creating an experience that is safer than many other modalities and many other, um, uh, yeah, I guess, mod- modalities or, or going and doing something else, right? The Zumba injury rate versus the CrossFit injury rate was very different. Um, and there's probably a lot of factors that go into that, right? Like the
0: people that- Yeah, I think it's could- just, I, the one thing I would think we could all just admit, as in this is a, as an industry guy, there is no resource of real good collective data across metabolic and CrossFit and orange theory and Zumba and marathons and this and that and blah 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 That really weighs it all on a weighted average and can say ones where we all have our perceptions of it because as you sit here today you are anecdotally telling me I think CrossFit gyms by and large do a good job but I know I you're again that's what anecdotal that is you're doing it based on the experiences you've had. But you can't have all 16, I don't know how many affiliates are, 13,000 experiences, you know, right? So we're we're making a proclaimed guess, but I think it's probably safe for CrossFit, for our arguments to be taken seriously, for us to say, hey, everything, us, along with everything else, all has its own inherent risk. Fitness has its own inherent risk, and we're all relatively risky. That's just the truth of fitness in general.
1: I think there are studies out there. I don't have them at my fingertips, but there are studies out there. And again, you're you're right. Like it are, you know, are all studies accurate? You know, like there's always gonna be, you know, is it fair to say, you know, the people that start Zumba might be, you know, coming off the couch or doing it more casually. So when they come in, they dance for an hour, right? Maybe they're they're more prone to risk just because of the circumstances, not because of the instruction or, you know. There studies out there and the data, the studies I've seen show that CrossFit injury rates are lower.
0: But and, and, again, and again, yeah, it's fair enough. And again, I just, I, I just for CrossFitters, if we want people to take our arguments more seriously, we can't go throwing rocks. We just say we, we have to be a part of the fitness industry. And listen, I was a guy who said, fuck you, Globo Gym. Fuck you, Orange Theory. I'm CrossFit and we're better than everyone. And guess what? Everyone thinks you're a cunt when you do that. Instead, yeah, you've got I to mean, be an I, industry guy.
1: Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I, you know, I think I, I don't know as I'm, you know, and again, I, I, I use Zumba as an example. I'm not, you know, my, my intention is not to say don't go do Zumba. I would say every fitness modality is better than sitting on the couch, right? Sure, um, I agree. And you're, right, and you're right. There's some amount of injury risk. I think it's minimal. And I think largely people use that as an excuse to knock it off the couch, right? But without splitting hairs, I think let's go back to the bigger argument of like, you know, as a brand, CrossFit coaches are largely the face of that brand. Once people come into the gym and, and, and so, you know, you can argue that we are an affiliate and we can, you know, coaches and gyms have the ability to do this, how they want, but CrossFit as a brand has an interest in maintaining the perception of that brand. And if you have, uh, you know, 15,000 times, how many coaches at each of those 15,000 locations, you know, a way you can, um. Protect the brand is by just creating a lot of um, education or opportunity and removing obstacles to educate coaches on how to be better. It's not required, right? You don't have to necessarily require it. They have a very low requirement of CrossFit level one, right? But, and now as a gym owner, you have to take a level two. When I took my level two over 10 years ago, I thought every gym in my co- in my, every coach in my gym should have their level two. Level two was where I learned how to be a coach. Level one was largely a marketing tool, right? And there's tons of online courses or not tons, but there's a good amount of online courses that CrossFit has created. Um, but, you know, I think there should be a ton more. I think there should be a drip model where the, every day CrossFit's putting out a five or, you know, three to five minute video that coaches can watch and add to their bag of tricks. They call it, little tips and tricks that coaches can be using, you know, CrossFit, Again, if they want to protect the brand and keep it something that business owners want associated with their business, you have an obligation to the the brand um, to make coaches better because they are largely the face of your brand.
0: So in licensing and franchising, and I do a lot of work with both, the one thing I try to make people aware is for an organization to choose a license model like Greg did, you raise your hand and you say... I accept I cannot control the brand. I put it out there and you do with it what you will. What they think is almost in other terms, what Greg said cream rises to the top, blah, 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 right? But he's no longer in the, a a license or is no longer in charge of the license of the brand because it is owned by the licensees. You rent the name on a one-year contract. You can choose not to renew it. They can choose not to allow you to renew it. Now in the business model of franchise, It's different a business model franchise is designed to have every franchisee successful. The franchisor's brand is controllable and they have chose franchising because they want to protect the brand. It's way more expensive. It's a pain in the ass but the deliberation that a franchisor does when approving a franchisee is vast and extensive. That is not the case with a license or to a licensee. So I position this to the CrossFit affiliate community of you have to understand that CrossFit Greg chose a license or to licensee business model in which by true consequence you have to accept I'm not in control of the brand. So when we keep saying the brand needs to do a better job. That's you guys. That's not HQ a license models revenue streams exist from licenses education, and accessory things. So Calvin Klein is a great example. Calvin Klein is a license model. Tomorrow, Frank, you and me can go create S&F Underwear Company, and we can start printing underwear out of my garage, and we can pay Calvin Klein for a license. Now, if our underwear is made of duct tape and fucking gravel, we're not gonna sell a ton of it. It's not gonna feel good. And guess what? At a certain point, they're gonna get word of that, and they could take our license away and not allow us to renew it. Or like Greg said, we'd go out of business anyway, and the cream rises to the top. But if we wanted to go and franchise a Warby Parker, we wouldn't have, we, the the amount of extensive, like we would be vetted. Who are they? Do they align with our core values? Have they had the proper training? We're going to get them to put a ton of money in so they have skin in the game. We're going to tell them what size shops they can get, what kind of glasses they can sell and how to sell them. Do do you see the diff like when, because I have this fundamental business different like you know issue with when people say the brand needs of crossfit like you guys are the brand you're the stewards of the brand crossfit hq is there simply their only way to make money is by selling licenses so it is they hope you guys do a good job they need to support you I agree that a thousand percent but they're not in charge of the brand you guys are well then that's what I
1: I think that's a great segue and I, I and I want to kind of take a quick moment to let people know that what we're doing is on Instagram right now. It's under the at CF Affiliate Collective. And people think it's CF for CrossFit, but it's community first. And you can follow us on there and kind of hear the whole case laid out. And there's lots of content that you can share. And we're asking everybody to share if they support us. But
0: the fact is hey guys, real quick, it's at CF affiliate collective on Instagram. And Frank, I gotta tell you, as one content creator, I can tell this is not like something you enjoy. You don't like – you don't love taking a selfie video. But I got to tell you, dude, I I can recognize when someone doesn't natively want to do it, but you believe so much in what you're doing, and I'm proud of you, dude. I'm watching these, and I can tell him like every time he's got to do it, he goes, oh, fuck. All right, here we go. But I, I, I appreciate and I fucking respect the hell out of you.
1: Well, and and you know, I for, for the first like I think month we were doing this, I did not want my face on this. It was it's not it's so important that it's not about me, right? This is about sure. a collective. It's about all affiliates. So, um, but um, you know, ultimately, what we're doing here is trying to uh, collectively or organize affiliates so that we can collectively buy and own the brand, right? Largely, affiliates are the ones on the ground. We're the ones who are using the brand, paying for the brand um, you know, like you said, we're the brand, right? Um, so, and and really without affiliates, there is no CrossFit. There's a word, right? But I agree with that. So, so the, the movement itself is to organize affiliates. We make up the vast majority of CrossFit HQ's revenue. Um, and so, um, why don't we own the brand? And it's kind of a shame we didn't think to do this, um, and buy it from Greg. Um, I think most affiliates were under the impression that Greg wasn't interested in selling. In fact, there was a campaign within CrossFit where Greg was saying, it's not for sale, you know, I'm unbuyable. And, um, you know, I, there's a story behind that where, uh, and I think ultimately, Greg saw an opportunity to um, have enough money to um, create a platform where he wasn't reliant on affiliates or the public uh, perception of his brand. He now has a platform called the Broken Science Initiative, which also has an Instagram presence, um, and he is um, carrying on his message about the influence of big sugar and nutrition uh, on in- nutrition science and just uh, broken science in general. Um, and um, so, I don't think he's interested in in creating a new competing brand, but I think affiliates have an interest in CrossFit the word as something that reflects the methodology and the community that we love. Um, We have issues with how the company is um, largely being directed in terms of for profit um, and profit, really maximizing profit, right? Greg took profits um, and he he did well, right? Um, But you have private equity now in charge and they're trying to cut costs and they're making decisions that seem to um, either are not good decisions. Um, In some cases, they're aligning with um, Big Soda. Um, There's questions about the NSCA lawsuit settlement and they signed an NDA, so they don't have to release any of the details. All these things make affiliate owners have real concerns about the current ownership. And so, the, again, the movement is to collect it, to organize, to collectively buy the company from the current mm-hmm. ownership and, and, and make some changes there. I mean, I think largely the positive stuff you've seen come out of headquarters in the last four years has beca- is because affiliate owners are screaming about it. And um, there are people that are running the company who are fighting for affiliates, but it shouldn't be a fight. They're having to fight for it because private equity doesn't want to spend money on things that help affiliates, but don't result in profits for HQ.
0: So, and I listened, it was um, this video right here. This is the one I was really dialed in on prior. Uh, So um, I dialed into this and I took notes and you laid out kind of a handful of things like you, you, again, this is one of the things we were constantly, you get You get 500 new followers you got to kind of readdress reintroduce yourself it's kind of one of the things you do with a growing instagram handle Um, you'll be making these videos a lot these recap videos over my best thing i recommend you know up here um, at the top you have the circles you'd see it on the mobile version it's called highlights so if you look on your phone mobily and you look at your crossfit instagram you can do highlights the circles at the top that are summaries so you could have like who we no. are, what we're about, just make it easier. Cause I know you're having yeah. to do these like these videos every time, like, okay, let me let all these new followers know what the hell we're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, so, But no, here's like the pinning them
1: to the top. But, yeah, yeah, yeah that,
0: that works That works too. Um, so one thing you said in there, I want to talk about. So you said, you know, the community should come first, not profit. And I've always had a hard time in the cross world, like defining and measuring like community. Like if we used, you know, any metric, any framework for measuring a term or something like SMART, right? So it needs to be a specific, measurable, achievable, re- relatable, or relative, and time-based, right? Like that's one framework for ide- that we could use to try to identify what does community mean? How do we measure it? How do we measure if it's successful or not? But for CrossFit affiliate owners, would we agree that community is a term to describe the the group of membership holding individuals that show up every day? At any particular cross site affiliate, would we agree on that? I think that's the
1: largest part of the community. I mean, I think there's lots of you know maybe a more business term would be stakeholders, right? I mean, I think the games athletes, right? They certainly have um, a part in the community, and not to say that they're not you know potentially paying members, but you know um, you know you could argue that. Um,
0: yeah, I guess okay. I guess you're right on. I think
1: members yes. make up the majority.
0: Of it. And let's, and you're right. I understand the games that games athletes obviously play into this as well, the community at large, and all that. But let's just stick with the affiliates for a second, because I know that's the majority of who's listening to this and who's really vested. And in, and if you guys all want to collectively buy this thing, this is who we'd be speaking to. So if we agree that the community is the the individuals that hold memberships and show up for these workouts and participate in that business, then we would would we also agree that each of these communities into them. So like CrossFit, ABC, that community is, it's vast, it's diverse, it's unique. It's not all one kind of person. You've got people from all walks of life and for different reasons of being there. Yeah. Okay. So other than those individuals have a self-interest in becoming better, better dads, better cops, better doctors, better, whatever they are through the vehicle of fitness, what the, what it would be the universal common denominator amongst every member of an individual CrossFit affiliates community. And the only one, the common one is going to be their customers who opted to exchange their hard earned money for the services offered by that affiliate. And if and those services, we all know have objective measurable cost, correct? In order to supply the services, there is objective measurable cost. And if the gym cannot sell the services, for more than what it costs they undoubtedly guaranteed on a long enough timeline go out of business but oddly enough the term for the difference between what a service cost to provide and what the customer pays for it is called profit. So mm-hmm. how do we help me understand how we grow a community of business owners Which is one of the few universal common denominators amongst affiliate owners. Again, if we look at the community of affiliate owners, different races, different creeds, different geographical areas, different beliefs, right? They came from different backgrounds, but what is the one common denominator? Just like the membership, they all parted with their hard-earned money to be a part of the CrossFit community. But how do we grow that, right? Without profit, you have, you, we have to make more money than what it costs to serve.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, the profit comes at the affiliate level, right? The people that are on the ground doing the work, the profit comes from the coaches, right? A a profitable affiliate is able to pay their coaches more and coaches make the money. And they're the ones on the ground, again, promoting the methodology, doing the marketing, right? Um, The better the coach, um, the more of them they should be able to make, right? Um, And so, you know, the question becomes... Should the profit be extracted at the brand level when, what are they offering, right? And so I think, you know, there's a scenario where, um, I mean, at one point I was looking at a nonprofit for, you know, turning HQ into a nonprofit if affiliates bought it, but um, I don't think that's necessary. Um, I think there's a scenario where HQ makes a profit too. It's just a matter of What so are okay the things we need when we're looking at maximizing profit, right? If you think about the boardroom meeting and they say, all right, how are we doing on cutting costs and how are we doing on raising revenue versus the question being at the board meeting, how are we doing on helping affiliates? How are we doing on promoting the brand and improving coaches and making more coaches and better coaches, right? Those two fundamental things that happen at the board level translate down to, you know, Greg always said, pursue excellence and profits will come. Pursue profits and you'll never be successful. And right now at the HQ level, they're not following that.
0: You don't think currently right now, um, because you, you know, you mentioned earlier, there's not enough progress. Since Greg left and new ownership has come in, do we feel there have been any wins in the doing things to pursue excellence? Because My understanding is those seminars that they put on around the country for free, right? Like some things they are giving for free, there's not an additional charge for that currently. Do you believe there's any wins in the column of HQ doing better to pursue excellence, any at all?
1: I think they've done what I'll say I think is the bare minimum, given their budget and the amount of money they collect from affiliates, I think they've done the bare minimum, if that. I think I'm- affiliate roundtables are largely affiliates helping affiliates. And this happened well before CrossFit started running roundtables. It was called the Facebook group. And there was multiple Facebook groups for affiliate owners, right? This, we didn't need to get together for a round table. And I think people that participate in, you know, if, when affiliates talk to other affiliates, it certainly is helpful. I think most affiliates lead those roundtables feeling good about it um, in terms of, you know, the cap programming, like. Great! I'm glad you finally got on board, and you're do offering a programming option. But from what I've heard, it's not not many gyms are using it because it's not, I guess, what most gyms want to follow. You know, Mayhem and Comtrain they've been around for a decade, so CrossFit's finally getting on board, and they've come up with the offering that I think, again, a lot of gyms don't find. But Mayhem and help- real quick,
0: Mayhem and Comtrain are for profit. Yeah. And I, and again, like, I mean, I, uh, you know, they had to purchase cap from right. Andrew, from, from Hendel and was a Maliolo. They actually purchased it from them. Correct.
1: Um,
0: oh yeah. They, I believe they, so have, they purchased yeah, it. Yeah. And again, it's like, if we want them to do more, it has a objective measurable cost, but in order for them to pay someone to answer the emails of the affiliates and pay someone to put the videos out on the Super Bowl commercial, they have to, to sell it for more than it cost. That's not true.
1: I disagree nope. with that. So, So as CrossFit headquarters, right, I can break even. I still pay people salaries. I still have expenses to create content. I have to take in revenue, right? What I'm suggesting is when affiliates buy CrossFit, we're not gonna stop charging affiliate fees. We still charge affiliate fees, right? We still have a, headquarters still has a budget Right now, their annual revenue is a hundred million dollars or over a hundred million dollars. So, tell me how that money Where is is being that, is that spent. published somewhere? Um, you know, I think it's it's kind of common knowledge in the ether. And I mean, again, at one point they had fifteen thousand affiliates. Now they're down to twelve thousand. So, but I mean, you know, it's it's kind of split in hairs. It's around a hundred million, right? Um, okay. You know, and so. Um, and, and, you know, a, the, a large portion of that is affiliate fees. Some of that is from education. Some of that is from sponsorships for the games and things like that, right? Some of it is from smaller um, smaller uh, sources. Um, but again, largely you have $100 million. And again, affiliates want to know. I mean, I mean, this is one of our principles, too. And I think one of our posts that's pinned to the top of our Instagram is the principles uh, about how the CF affiliate collective feels like CrossFit should kind of be somewhat adhering to these principles. And one of them is communication and transparency. Telling affiliate owners how our money is being spent, um, and again, uh, my point being that affiliates pay these fees. You know, we pay for edu- we pay for education via our ER, trainers. Um, you know, how is that money being spent? And right now, I don't think it's being spent um, in, in a productive way I, or or as efficient a way as it could be. And ultimately, affiliate owners know best how our fees should be spent. Now, again, that doesn't mean you know. Right now, we have private equity who says. Yeah, we out of that out of that chunk, a hundred million dollars. We want some portion of it to be profit, and whether you believe they're not taking profits out now, ultimately they want to sell the company, right? This is what private equity does: they buy a company, they make they more profitable, yep, right, so that they can sell it again to someone who wants to make it more profitable, right? And so, you know, I think some affiliate owners fool themselves into believing private equity bought this because they love CrossFit. They don't, right? They're they're business guys and. They're just like we do CrossFit. They do making profits, and how do they make profits? Right. We do thrusters and burpees. They cut costs and they increase revenue. And we know how they've cut costs because we've seen less done. We've seen lobbyists and lawyers that protect affiliates fired. We've seen um, you know little to no video content coming out relative to what came out when we had the media team. Um, you know we um, and we saw our fees raised. Right. And I would just make one other interesting point. I mean, the fact that there's been so many, I mean, again, CrossFit doesn't have to do this, but the fact that there's been so many third party, you know, two brain business and best hour of the day and yourself, right? There's all these business advice, um, kind of third parties that have popped up. And I would argue that's because CrossFit isn't doing that, right? There's so many programming options out there now because CrossFit wasn't doing it. Right? And and you could argue whether they should or shouldn't, but if there's value to affiliates, which I would argue the fact that these things have popped up show that there's value to affiliates, these could be ways that CrossFit is offering value to affiliates to justify affiliating with the brand. Again, they don't have to, it's an affiliate model. right? And some gyms would say, I don't want them to, I don't want that level of control. I wanna do my own programming, I wanna do my own marketing. But if I'm gonna pay you this money and not spend this money doing my own marketing, right? Then
0: so and that's 120. So we're, I got a screen share going up here. So you said minimal videos. So I went through. There is four videos. So I'm on the YouTube. And I, I what I did is I just went up here and I said, I want to see the latest. So it now it organizes it. There is four videos per row. And it goes down 30 rows. I just counted them while you were talking. Until we go back to one year. So it has 120 videos, new videos created in 12 months. That is 10 videos per month. I, I just wanna make sure that I, I want, I think it's fair to dismantle this argument that they're not creating content.
1: Well, I guess I would say, what is the content,
0: right? No, again, that- it's like, it's like, hey, I want I want a cookie. I want a fucking cookie. And then I give you a cookie. You're like, there's 16 chocolate chips in here, but daddy only eats 20 chocolate chip cookies. I want to cho- oh, like okay, make so some of those bitches macadamia. It's like- I want a cookie and you gave me a carrot. You think these videos are carrots?
1: Uh, You know, I I don't know, are those driving people into my gym? Are they counteracting the narrative that causes injuries? Well, not if you don't post them.
0: Now, that's the, so here's, I love your, your transparency thing. And I watched the video. I really, when you talked about that, I thought that was super interesting. And I saw, I've seen people comment on that inside of groups and all that, asking about the transparency. Now, you said affiliate owners know best how to have those fees spent and affiliates should know how their fees are being spent. And I think about this, I have an HOA. And I think my HOA is kind of dog shit. Like the mulch isn't as nice as it should be. I have a dog park. My dog goes in there. I don't think the dog park's kept up well. And every year they send me, you know, kind of a breakdown of what that is. And I look at it. And I'm like, these fucker. But I look at it and line item by line item, the balance goes to zero in the HOA, and that's how it should be. There should be there should be like reserves, and they have a reserve cap. But then it goes. It should go to zero. I Meaning all of my money and all of my townhouse people's monies are going to these things and there's an HOA board and when we can complain about this line item is taking a precedent we don't think we need that let's replace it with this line item so my question what I think would be interesting is like I you know should affiliates get the P and L of a privately held company like CrossFit and be able to sit there and have 13,000 people weigh in on what we think it is or do the thirteen thousand have to vote? Just like create a, you guys are gonna have to create a government, right? That Kelly direct clip you put up was amazing. How institutions and organizations constantly have to be kept in check, right? But mm-hmm. in order to keep them in check, you have to elect officials, right? When we took over and we, you know, we had our revolution against England, we didn't have Republicans and Democrats that minute, right? We had that. You gotta, you start creating these groups and representatives. And I think if the 13,000 affiliates want to have a say in how the money is spent and they want to see it and they can come to an agreement with the privately held parent company, then there should be a board, X amount of you guys are elected to it by the 13,000, just like a government, and you guys can have conversations. But at the same time, show me a fucking affiliate owner who's going to publish their P&L to the customers and be like, yeah, guys, this is how I'm spending my money in my gym.
1: Well, so let's go back to the, to the HOA analogy, right? Yeah, if yeah, we not getting any mulch, and there were the sidewalks were crumbling, and the trees are dead. Right? Are you going to be? Are, do you think you, as well as other people paying into the HOA, are going to question it? And what if that
0: HOA? What if that HOA says, yeah, and actually, like, we're taking fifty percent profit, or we're you now know, that's a great homeless. thing. Now, I can take, you said, uh, if there was no mulch, that's an objective measurement. The mulch is there, the mulch is not. Cracks in the sidewalk, they're there, they're not. I can take a photo of it, I can prove it. What can you prove to me, besides anecdotally, that the CrossFit Nation, the CrossFit Affiliate Nation has suffered collectively? What are the damages? So, what I will tell you is that if that
1: affiliate owners... I'm not the only one, right? Affiliate owners, like large in, I believe in large don't feel like they are getting their money's worth when they're sending a check to Cross. What Fit. does that mean? Ultimately it means, you know, I think there's, there's lots of ways people feel like cross things CrossFit should be doing better. I mean, you know, you can go onto YouTube and you can say, great, there's 120 videos. Is anybody watching them? Is the content compelling? Is it telling the right message?
0: Right. But again, those are subjective. All the content those the are world. subjective. What's that? That's a, so that that would be sub, so that would be subjective. We pulled thirteen thousand affiliates and we showed them the one hundred and twenty videos and we had them vote thumbs up or thumbs down. Do we think this is doing something for us? We'd have a we'd have a mix, right? Or do you think it'd be one hundred percent would say all these videos suck ass? I think there's enough affiliate owners who would say thumbs down. This
1: doesn't drive people into my gym. Thumbs down. This doesn't. No one. No one watching this content is not doing CrossFit and this convinces them to come into my gym, right? They're shouting in a bubble. They're shouting in a bubble of like existing CrossFitters and yeah, it unites the existing community. But what are you doing to expand that community? I mean, if the mission of the company is to solve the world's most vexing problem of chronic disease, we should want everybody coming in and at least trying CrossFit. If it's not for you, that's okay. But I believe CrossFit is the solution.
0: We're watching a video right now. It's called From Dark Past to Bright Future with CrossFit. For most of her life, Marissa Diaz was unwell. A difficult childhood, teen parents, forced food scarcity, and a lack of resources led to damages in adulthood, obesity, pre-diabetes, and anxiety weighing 300 pounds at her heaviest. Diaz had little confidence in herself, but after she joined CrossFit Fresno in California, that perspective, I can't think of a better story, right? Like, I mean, and again, that's this is not a one-off. Like, this is not like that's the only single one. CrossFit Glasgow is passionate, you know, blah, blah, blah about his members doing better in the open. Like, by and large, I just I oh, I think we're being overly critical on the media on this comparatively, again, because you don't on a license. It was net you you never understood you when you signed the license agreement. Did it ever say we will provide you media? No, but they still have. Now it's this isn't you don't pay for it. And well, now again, we're
1: getting I'm picky out. about it. So I'll make the argument of like, great. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you create media. I don't care if you put somebody on the corner with a sign that spins around. If I go out in public and every single person I talk to tells me I can't come work out with you because now again, maybe they're saying that as an excuse, but they're not saying that as I can't work out. They're saying, I can't come into your CrossFit gym. So, you know again those videos i agree with you they're great i would say they largely came from affiliate owners screaming tell these stories that video is one person it's super produced so i would argue that you know uh, to how would i tweak that video i'd make it less anecdotal i'd make it testimonies of real people more it like a real, real person it Marissa Diaz. she
0: was 300 pounds that's a real motherfucker that's a real challenge I understand.
1: I understand but again it's it's one person and it's very produced right like you can, I mean, again, there's different ways to do it. I love, you know, in the, in the, in the list of stories on their YouTube or videos on their YouTube, I think that's one of the better videos.
0: You had to go find that video, right? It didn't pop up in your feed on social media. So that, okay. That's paid advertising. There's a difference between organic and paid. You want them to now pay for advertising for you guys? No,
1: no, no. There do you, is everything you watch on social media paid. No, is no, there's paid and
0: organic, right? If I scroll, I, you know what? So I only follow, so when I, whatever I follow on Instagram, I see videos at a 6% clip out of organic, the way that works, only 6% or less of your followers ever see an organic video on Instagram that you publish, okay? Now paid media is what happens when I purposely pay to push it in front of you, because I know that sub 6% clip in which you'll see my organic post isn't good enough to grow the business. But the only way this gets pushed in front of people is if they A, follow CrossFit HQ's Instagram or HQ's YouTube, but we're talking about CrossFit Fresno or CrossFit ABC. CrossFit ABC, if they want people to see it, they have to post it. Otherwise, the only other option is they have someone pay for advertising, which again, you guys can't ask them to do because you're a licensed model.
1: Yeah, so the you can make it where affiliates can share this content their athletes then see it their followers see it yep their followers then share it that's right? how organic works yeah. Is this content created in that way is this content created in a way where it will be shared virally and organically right if you tell me hey there's this youtube video okay
0: great how do i share that to my social media okay i can download it and yeah, it. Like- Kind of like we talked about like doing a webinar and teaching people how to do that, like teaching affiliates how to make horizontal videos into shareable 9x16s for like Instagram reels, right? Right, but again, why, why do we have to teach affiliates? Why can't
1: CrossFit just create the CrossFit can't in log the- into
0: your fucking Instagram and post it for you.
1: Ah, uh, sure, sure, right. There's already stuff affiliate owners have to do, right? And we gotta—they can't coach our classes for us either. No, right? they
0: can't do any of the shit because you are a business owner. We all have to accept what we signed up for. We signed up to be an entrepreneur. We just didn't have to think of the brand name. We didn't have to think of the fitness methodology. But everything else—guess what? That's on us. You, you know what? You're
1: right. They don't have to do anything, right? They could close their doors and just coast off the name. But affiliate owners are going to make a decision about. Is this brand in the best interest of my and if and if CrossFit's answer is like we're going to create content and you can do whatever we want with it and we don't care if it's good content we don't care if it's in a format if that's easier for you to share or hard for you to share you can CrossFit can do whatever they want right now right but affiliates can also again like you mentioned make the decision of you know, do, do, do I see value in this? And if I can take my $300 Absolutely. and pay some local videographer to do create marketing content that's specific to my gym and have that mark and that marketing content person is going to share that content my, to my, social media for me. Yeah. You know, again, I'm going to make that decision. I sure. think the the only hesitation with affiliate owners right now is that we see that brand associate that brand with the methodology and the community, and they don't want to leave that and that's where again this uprising is happening is people saying like you, you know make the case to me crossfit why I'm sending you money and and if there's an alternative if there was glassman fit people would jump ship real quick and what i'm telling gym owners is there isn't an alternative it's called affiliates organizing and collectively buying the company and doing running the company in a way that we know affiliates want and the way we know that is because it's run by affiliates i mean i have conversations with affiliates all day long and largely there's a handful of things that affiliates say they want right they want the media team back if you know and again if if i'm telling you i'll make it easier for you to share video i'm going to make video that's in the format already for instagram it's not a 12 minute video it's a three you know 30 second to a minute video and it's five different clips of people telling um, other people word of mouth digitally why they came into gym why they love crossfit right gym owners are gonna go yeah that that's way better than trying to get somebody to invest five minutes in a video about one person who had a great experience awesome i love that story but they may not invest in that until they see a clip of five people that look like them that had you know that were overweight that got off their medication right and they see quick little clips of saying like i came into a gym i was scared but i instantly met five friends and the workouts are hard but i love working out with other people the coaches are great they keep me safe right and and you do that in a minute and you put it on social media and you make it easier for gym owners to share right like it's not rocket science i mean you know Hiller just did a video and he had a bunch of games athletes and he said you know, tell us why you started doing the open, why you started doing CrossFit, right? Then you take something that's very like intimidating, this amazing elite athlete, and they tell you this story about how they first started CrossFit and why they first started CrossFit. Where's that content? And, and it should, and, and Hiller did it in short little segments and put it on social media, which made it easier to share. He's a third party, not even working for the brand. In fact, some people would say he's, he's, he's pushing back against the brand. But he's creating better content than HQ.
0: But that's is. The, but that's his business model. He's a content creator, right? Okay, and again, you can argue that, like,
1: you can argue that it's a brand and, and 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 it's an affiliate model. But again, ultimately, it comes down to like, do I see value in that brand and that affiliate? And and you can take whatever approach you want, right? You can yeah, take the approach. And, of, and I'm and just a going to do nothing to promote the brand or help you promote the brand.
0: Sure, and I and I think that's where like because I. I have the, I'm, I get torn, right? I, as a small business, and again, as someone who, when I found CrossFit, every every one of my friends made fun of me when I was in college, telling me that this is that what it was gonna do. My mom, like, pretty much disowned me when I ditched grad school for exercise fizz to go do this. When I opened up my gym still, I was still met with resistance, and that was, you know, in 2010, but I had, I mean, I had sold my way into a consulting role in Globo Gyms telling them that this is coming and we need to install functional fitness elements into our personal training and this, and it's, it's how I started in this industry. And I, so I have that part of me that I get it and I, I feel what they feel. There's a, just this other part of me too, where, and, it, I, and again, I'm slightly jaded due to a different perspective. Since 2015, I have done nothing but look at p ls and do business consulting in a sector that, Over in the first seven to eight years, you know, was pretty predominantly CrossFit, mom and pop micro gym based. It's changed a bit here in the past several years, but and i and I'm here to say is that the majority of CrossFit gym owners' business woes do not revolve around the global perception of CrossFit because the unit economics of a 4,000 square foot warehouse or whatever it is. They rely around a couple hundred customers. Unit and it's very small. And I don't care if you're in tier three market, bumfuck Ohio, or you're up in Chicago or another tier one market. So when I see this, and I I understand that affiliates want this, but it's kind of like the gym owners, like I need more leads. I need more leads when the retention is eighty seven percent. I need uh I need coaches who are going to do this, and I need better people who are going to do that, and I need this when the owner is absentee, like. I see this, and so I, I also come at this from a different angle, and I, I'm i curious on your front with the purchase, this re, the, the goal, like we wanna buy this back. Do you believe that out of the 13,000 affiliates, you guys are in a financial position to buy it?
1: So I think it depends on a lot of things. I think it depends on what the sale price is. Um, I think it depends on how many affiliates are interested in going in. And I think there's a variety
0: of options for financing it. Um, you know, I mean, like if I've you talk heard, to anyone in a financial, like a financial analyst to be like, okay, hypothetically, Frank, let's say you got, you made this happen. This is the, this is like, here's the, the framework for how this deal would have to get structured. You would need a certain amount of like, this would have to be. The credit applicants, like AKA those buying it, right? This is what they would have to look like on paper. This is it, technically they bought it for what? Is it two hundred million? Is that the recorded number that Glassman's dropped?
1: Yeah, I f- I'm pretty sure that was the initial
0: purchase price. Okay, um, and I you know private that equity. That- You're right. They, they're they're here to make they're here to make their money back, but they don't want to make two hundred million back. They're probably looking to make a much higher clip than that. I don't know what multiplier that PE firm typically looks for with an exit, but you guys could probably go ahead and do your research and figure out they bought this other company for this, they sold it for this. Do look at 10 numbers of that and get an idea just as a hypothetical. But I would recommend yeah. like in your efforts of doing this, cause I'm, I'm, listen, I'm all for a David and Goliath story, man, I am, I'm, I'm here and I'm pressing you on these issues and I'm playing devil's advocate because I think it's important for people to hear you respond to the tough questions that a practical business minded person would look at. But I would really recommend getting with somebody who is of extreme tenure in financial analysis and recapitalization and mergers and acquisitions and having them really look at this and create the hypothetical case study. What would actually need to happen pen to paper numbers wise? Because otherwise I think like the sooner you get there, the sooner this mission picks up cuz right now it seems i think i think you should be at 20,000 followers on your instagram but i think it seems very pie in the sky cuz there's not like guys this is our goal we're estimating a 3.5 multiplier on their purchase price that is $750,000 or $750 million which means we need at least 50% of the affiliates to all throw in 285 whatever the numbers are right
1: yeah yeah let me let me let me give you some of the answers to your questions i think right so So, so again, the purchase price is is very up in the air, right? I mean, I heard from one person who I believe has some insight into HQ saying that HQ is bleeding money. And in 12 to 18 months, they're just going to look to unload this and get it off their books, right? You know, everybody assumes private equity wants to make 20% or, right, you know, whatever the, the multiplier is. They want to, sure. Do they make bad investments? Occasionally, right? And usually they're not in business long if they make a lot of bad decisions, right? But there's there are businesses they invest in. And if they don't fundamentally understand the business, they make bad investment. And they may exit from an investment and take it as a write off and say, hey, this was not a good investment. We, we screwed up, you know, <laughs> um, the primary investor was the CEO for Two years of which six months he was visible and very active, and then disappeared for almost a year. Came back, fired Dave Castro, and then disappeared for another six months and had mental health issues. And you know, no judgment there. Just saying that, like, you know, again, maybe the way the people running the company weren't making a good decision. Um. Uh, so so again, it could be twenty million. They they might try to unload this thing in six to twelve months or twelve to eighteen months for twenty million right? Maybe that's optimistic. You know, let's say they just want to break even because they realized
0: they got into something they didn't understand. Let's talk 200 million. So like that analyst I referred to would have a, a good, better, best kind of scenario for you guys to run models against.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think you can, you can, yeah. Let's, let's just, let's just talk hypotheticals in terms of pricing, right? So I think, you know, they invested, let's say they invested 200 million, right? Then we need to know, How much money have they already gotten back? Right. And so private equity, one of their equations is they'll buy a company and then they'll take money out of the company to pay themselves back. Hopefully to the point where they can then say, all right, now I'm even I either sell the company for a profit or sell the company for a big profit. Right. So one of the discussions or issues with the current ownership is that they settled the NSCA lawsuit. Um, now, if they settled that for a hundred million dollars, and this is a rumor because I've been told I've been making wildly inaccurate statements, but this is what the rumor is. I didn't come up with this, but let's say they bought it for 200 million. They settled the NSCA
0: lawsuit for a hundred million. They are now only a hundred million dollars in the hole. From it's Reagan. very back of the napkin. I mean, every day, I don't know what CrossFit HQ cost on a daily burn rate. I don't know what the burn rate is and how much money, I don't know what the staff is. And this is where it gets into I really feel that one of the things that'll get this movement way more, way more fucking like momentum is to start putting is is like less um assumptions and more like having a conversation. So anyone that you said like I know on the inside, and I guarantee you out of that affiliate network that you're you know, your your community, I guarantee you somebody is able to you know, off the record, slide some numbers or some conversations or has seen a PNL or knows something, but it's all this, it's this part here that I think damages the movement and the momentum. Cause the more of like, well, I think when you're talking about something as big as you're talking about, it discredits the whole thing. It makes like, oh, okay. They're not serious. Like versus like, okay, we spent 19 months researching. We've got as much information as we possibly can from HQ and from people on the inside. Here are our close estimates. And we went to this company and they modeled it out for us. Guys, this is what we're thinking we're going to come to a table with. Because it's called an unsolicited offer. You guys, once you have your thing, you show up. My guess is CrossFit HQ, I mean, maybe, I don't know. if you, Has anyone called and said, would you guys entertain a purchase offer? I, we're not
1: there yet. All right, and I think that um, I think that HQ isn't going to voluntarily give us this information, right? They've signed an NDA with regards to the NSCA lawsuit settlement. I mean, we're playing a poker game here, right? It's yeah. business, but it's poker, and they're not going to go. Here's what we're holding. You want to you want to place some bets about it, right? They're gonna they're gonna say they're gonna hold their
0: cards close to their chest, and they're even gonna try to bluff, right? Um, but if you're, if it's an unsolicited, again, if they're not post, if it's not publicly for sale, which by the way, the worst thing that would happen for you guys, you guys would lose instantly if it was ever publicly for sale, because you would not be able to compete with the other firms, the chopped houses, the P firms that think they could do a better job. So it's better okay. for you to do it unsolicited. But here's the problem, and I do this when I help gym owners buy buildings. When we go and make an unsolicited offer, we have to put our dicks out. Be like this is what I'm willing to offer these are the terms this is my proposed LOI like that's kind of how unsolicited offers work you can't sit there and hold you're like I don't want to tell you what I'm going to offer and my terms around it yeah so so again like the offer
1: is going to depend on certain things that we don't have information to at this point right but that's why it's an offer
0: you have to do it on, on your best guesses
1: well, no, I, I, I guess I'll push back on that, right? But so here's here's why this is important, right? If they, again, if they, if they paid 200 million, they got a hundred million out for the NSCA lawsuit that arg- I, I would argue, and I think most affiliates, if they know the details would say, this deeply hurt the brand. Then they, so they extracted a hundred million out of the company and the brand. Then they took a loan on CrossFit's books for a hundred million. Again, I, I don't know this, the part of the problem is we don't know this. Then but why say we they took saying? a loan out
0: for hundred million dollars? What's that? Then, so if we're not sure, why again? Like why again? It, because I generally again, I generally want your movement. To, I, I'm very interested. I told you this whole thing is. I'm very intrigued. The more we make these assu- make public things, like I heard this, I heard that, it makes it sounds like high you know high school hallway gossip, and people will decrease what they take seriously.
1: Because, because we're playing a poker game, right? And so, again, let me finish where I'm going with this, right? If they took out a loan for $100 million and paid themselves out, and now they're even on the deal, right? And we say, all right, well, we'll come in, you pay $200 million, we'll pay you $200 million, right? Not only did they get their money back, but now we're giving them $200 million for the company and they just doubled their money, right? And we're now saddled with a $100 million loan on the books and a $200 million loan, theoretically, having to buy the company. Right. So those things are important. You know, you can't, no, no business is going to make, I mean, I guess you could say they make an offer, but, the, but what the offer is, is conti- there's contingencies. And yes, they say, that's true. Want their, sales,
0: their, their sales, their sales contingencies, hundred percent. So like, right? again, can,
1: yeah. Go ahead. you can say, we'll pay you this much, but it's contingent on, you know, it's this much, you know, what you paid for the company, we'll pay you that back minus anything you took out of the company. Right? And, and you, you can make it offer with those contingencies, that, right? And so that's right. In terms of raising the money, right. If we know how much they paid for it, right. And I, again, I, at one point I heard 200 million and then I heard there was another round of funding, but again, you know, I don't know as those numbers are made public, so we can only estimate, right. You can say, well, how do we, you know, why are we estimating? Why are we guessing? Well, we why have don't you guys just estimate. ask Greg? What's that? Why don't you just ask Greg? Well, because you know he he said, I, I believe that's pretty well known that it was two hundred million that Greg got, right? But if okay. they went and raised another round of equity funding, right, they got more money to put into the company to theoretically build it up. Again, I don't. We don't know these things, you know. We can we we can say like, hey, how much did you buy for it? You know, we'll pay you what you put in minus what you took out.
0: Right. My guess is, and of all, all the people, and I mean, I've seen all the clips you posted of um, <clears throat> of Greg, and I've not kept up with his stance and position on all this. But, like, I would assume that, like, a, you shooting an email over or getting in contact with him some way, somehow, I'm sure he is probably one of the closest planets to the sun on the, on the actual closest estimate to numbers that you're going to possibly get. I don't think Reddit, you know, CrossFit threads are going to be a help here. I think I would be going right to him.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a secret. I think Greg said 200 million, but again,
0: Greg doesn't have privy to what they do after they buy the company. But if anybody right? was a couple earshots away, it's probably him or his lawyers, his lawyer heard, like, all I'm saying is that if, if it's like, we don't know, I just, I, I, guess me and like when I, when I do this on a building, I go, I get a building, I get, you know, there's some information. I know, I know property tax, I know it is sold for, I, but there's other things I don't know. And I go, Absolutely. I got to go hunting for that data. Tax liens,
1: right? There might be a tax lien on it, right? Sure, and yeah. You want to just blanket say, I'm going to pay you this much for it and
0: find out there's a tax lien for twice as well, no, much. No, but the right? tax lien's public. That's public record. I could do yeah, buildings yeah, are I'm way easier. Yes, buildings are right, way easier than what you're trying to do. I, I accept that. It's just, I, again, it's just, I think you guys have, I, I'm all for you. I'm, I want to, like, I'd love to have you back on here in like six months to hear like where you're at now with this. I, I'm just giving like, you know, uh, unasked consult like advice, it'd be like the closest person is Greg and his team of lawyers that dealt with that and the people within his immediate infinity circle, like affinity circle, I'd be, that's the first place that my data team should be going to find out numbers and get have conversations, get someone drunk and get some data.
1: His, his like, I think largely the information he has, he shared, right? The reason we know the sale price was 200 million was because he shared that publicly in different interviews. Um, there's, again, there's the, 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 more important issue is like what we don't know, how much profits have they taken out? But let's just say let's, so let's just guess, right? Let's just say, all right, we, we put in an offer for hundred million, right? And we don't know again, what, what's on the back end. but we put in an offer for hundred million, how do affiliates make that money, right? How do we come up with a hundred million dollars? Well, collectively there's, let's say we get 10,000 affiliates on board. You know, you can do the math. And I think the math was a hundred million dollars. Uh, divided by 10,000 affiliates and each of those affiliates takes out a loan for the amount they owe over 10 years at 6% interest, they're paying uh, $111 a month.
0: Again, this is like using a mortgage oh, calculator. Are you using like a mortgage calculator yeah. online to run this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so again, so you're saying 10,000 out of 13 so said 76%. I'm going to, 76% of CrossFit gyms are probably not bankable for a fucking SBA loan, let alone – again, like this is where like coming up with someone who creates AMs, acquisition and merger structures, and being like, so could we even do this? Yes. Like he might say to you, I I know every big bank in the country, and this is the only one that might entertain a deal like this, or none of them would entertain a deal like this.
1: Yeah. And that's, again, part of the equation, right? Um, You know, can we even get 10,000 affiliates on board, right? A whole nother part of the equation, right? And that's part of what we're figuring out. It's part of the conversation, right? I think we're still very early on that stage. I'm talking to a lawyer who's got, you know, who basically specializes in equity raises and how that would work. you know, we've laid out a rough plan of like, you know, you'd raise this much, you'd establish the corporation, you then you'd, right, you'd be able to raise this
0: much to then take to the next level. And wouldn't it, it be funny it if you guys had to get private equity to help you raise the money to buy it from private equity?
1: Well, and I've had some people come to me and say, I know private equity. Who yeah. helped us, but <laughs> That would be the that would point, be the best. Right? <laughs> that would be the I best. Say, no, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It would we'd be right back where we started. I know. Maybe I know. I'm saying from
0: the, ironic, the irony and the, the comedic relief yeah, of it, yeah. it would be quite that different. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, I, and I'm and laughed just
1: like you did when somebody said, oh, I got private, I got someone who's got private equity money and they would help you. I said, you know, like, no, like, yeah. what part about this equation do you not yet? Let's go back to the drawing board. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, another, another amazing example is the Green Bay Packers, right? They were a small town. They didn't have the money in terms of fan revenue, but fans love the team and they buy shares in the corporation. It's largely owned by the People, the fans, right? And so there's two to five million CrossFitters, depending on how you define that word. Um, let's say five hundred thousand of them buy one share each for a hundred dollars. Fifty million dollars. Boom, right? That changes the equation too. And that's only five hundred thousand. I know when I was an athlete, if somebody told me we're trying to save CrossFit, will you buy a share for hundred dollars and be a part owner in CrossFit? I would have jumped at the opportunity and i've talked to a couple of people in our conversations who are coaches they say i'm not an affiliate owner but i'd love to help and i mentioned the idea of you know that being a possibility equity wise again i'm not making any promises i don't know how we're sure. going to do this and be, you know there may be different levels of shares but just in coming up with ideas of how this could work you know i would look um, into
0: so there's lots of guesses of, of like, like this how is, how is one this ten thousand dollars is- so this is um, a a large construction company. I believe they're based here in Charlotte, North Carolina. They are 100% employee owned. It's called, I'm fucking this name up, but Choate Construction. But I would start doing and learning as much as I can about models out there that have been 100% employee or customer whatever owned and start learning what does that look like? Because I we're over, like, again, and for us to make content and have conversations, we we have to oversimplify it for the purpose of one to many conversations but in your inner circle of the people who are making the, you know her churning this butter you guys got to have very very specific conversations because we're oversimplifying the math and the situation of what you're proposing to such a degree. But I always, again, I tell people like even a gym owner, it's like, I think I'm going to do a thing. I'm like, how much do you know about the thing? You're like, well, I think it's like this. I'm like, fuck what you think. Go and fucking learn. Ask those who have been there. And I like what you're doing with the lawyer. I think there's lots to be done here, but I think it's, I am super intrigued. Like that's, and that's why I had you on. I'm, I'm just so fucking interested in this whole thing. And I love the fact that, you know, you're a, your rave is in the flag, and you're you're running forward with something, dude. I I mean, this has been uh this has been a great conversation. I appreciate this.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's I mean there's I mean we could spend another hour, right? There's REI and that's a co-op. Um, there's Patagonia, that's a benefit corporation, right? There's all these different nuanced things. I mean, I'm doing the research and I'm sharing that information as I go. And again, check out the Instagram CF Affiliate Collective. Um, that's where we kind of share these ideas. At one point, I was leaning towards a nonprofit. Now I think a benefit corporation is the better way to go. Um, you know, I don't have all the answers at this time, but we're really still at the fa- at the phase of like, get the word out there, have the discussion. You know, think about whether you're on board, you know, think about if you're happy with with uh, CrossFit headquarters, right? And, and, and we're making the case of why, you know, we believe affiliate owners make the best decisions about how our fee should be spent. Um, so yeah, we could it, probably man. have We're a good conversation, good. but
0: <laughs> we, we hundred percent could. I, uh, I even got to bounce, but listen, Frank, I, I really do appreciate it. I want everyone, you know, go check out what they're doing over there. C F affiliate collective on IG Frank, brother. It was, uh, I'm super glad I, like I told you on the phone, I get DMS with silly shit. I half the time they're like meatspin.com or so whatever they're stupid, silly shit, but I am so fucking glad I opened that one and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what you do. Yeah, we'll we'll be around in six months for sure and we'll have some progress to report, I'm sure of it. Good deal, brother. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on today.
1: Okay. Bye.